Oh yeah, welcome into another episode of the Growing Faith Podcast. Super excited to be sitting here with my buddy Mark Daniels. Hello. He's the campus pastor over at the Mill Plain campus in Vancouver. I'm a staff pastor here at Rocky Butte in Portland. Just again, you know, a shout out to downtown campus 217 and down in Eugene. I'm happy to have the whole family a part of the family. So here we are today to jump into another episode. And we're going to talk about uh, this idea, this uh, concept of clarity here at the church. Obviously, we've had some transitions going on and yeah. And as people jump into change, really of any kind, yeah, have you ever read the book, uh, Who Moved My Cheese? I have read that book. I feel like it should be uh, titled, Don't Move My Cheese yeah. or I'll Kill You. Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's the level that's of the reaction truth. we can get from people uh, when we change stuff. That's is Anytime somebody's world moves around, they're like, where is this going to land? And and so what happens, I think, in that space is lack right. of clarity. And and I know we had talked about even some kind of personal journey that you had kind of walked through and even reflecting back on some of that journey. Um, and I thought, man, this is a great thing for us to share with the podcast audience because, uh, I, you know, I promise you, you're not alone right. in what you've experienced. So yeah, change, um, change definitely happens to everybody. I, I thought of a couple of different contexts too, Rick, for some of our listeners. If you are a first-time group leader, um, you may feel this. You're wondering, what exactly am I supposed to do? I you may mm-hmm. even feel like there's a lack of clarity. If you're stepping in on the care side of things for the first time, you're you're coming alongside a couple in marriage counseling, or you're taking on an individual with something that they're dealing with. <clears throat> there may be, again, a lack of clarity about exactly what to do. So it can happen because of a change. It can happen because of a new assignment. It, it Honestly, it can happen just in life in general. So we both felt like it was worth talking about today. Yeah. Yeah, that's really so true how many different uh, circumstances in life can cause a breakdown in clarity whether it's like um, a relational challenge, maybe with a boss or your spouse or mm-hmm. you know, a great friend, it can cause lack of clarity in that relationship and how that relationship is supposed to move forward and how we respond to seasons of lack of clarity because they're kind of unavoidable, right? right. Like we're going to walk through them. It's like, yep. I better figure out how to deal with change because change is gonna happen in my life. Lack of clarity also the same. So. Um, why don't you just jump in and um, you can give as much context as you want, as much of your own kind of experience, um, and then just walk me through some of your thoughts on on clarity. Yeah, I have been a person, um, been on staff now 21 plus years. I've had, I think, nine different staff assignments along the way. And each time the assignment started with some clarity, of course, but it included a portion of, of, of just a lack of clarity. And that, that would just be because it's new. And um, while I might be stepping into something that existed, um, there were several times where I was stepping into something that we were e- either creating s- kind of from scratch or it was morphing and I was stepping into the new, not the old. And so the clarity wasn't always full. Um, <clears throat> so. I totally get what it's like to jump into something again, either for the first time or it's being adjusted on the fly. 
And these are just a couple of things. I actually have three thoughts for us today. I'll give them to you real quick, and then we can start to break them down however you want, Rick. Um, the first idea uh, that I've learned about clarity is just to stay very connected to God. The second is to stay surrendered in that connection. And then the third idea is do what you know to do. So I want to focus I want to focus on, on what we are supposed to be first before we talk about what we do, because I think it's really important that we talk about who we are, how we connect to the Lord before we talk about what we do for him. But it's not enough to just talk about being. There is a doing component as we um, search for clarity. So, so those, those are my three thoughts. Um, and, and so let me just jump into that first one. What does it mean to stay very connected to God? I always think of John 15, if you're going to talk about being connected, um, and in John 15, Jesus is with his disciples. The whole story starts in John 13. It's the Last Supper. Jesus in John 14 washes his disciples' feet. He has a conversation with them right after that, and in John 15, he's now walking with them, and he is up probably in a vineyard headed toward the Garden of Gethsemane. And, uh, and he stops in a vineyard and he has this conversation with his disciples about being connected to the vine. And he just says, you need to remain in me that I might remain in you. And as you do so, fruit will come. And I've just got a couple of thoughts about what that means. Um, first would be that um, staying very connected to God begins with putting him first. Uh, a few weeks ago, we ended our freedom series here in the church and the final sermon of that series was put Jesus first, you know, and, and um, I really appreciated. We had Pastor Dylan Jones over at Mill Plain, and I just really loved what he did. He just said, if Jesus isn't first, then someone else is. And by the way, that someone else is you. <laughs> You're putting yourself first yeah. instead of Jesus. You've got to, in order to stay connected to God, you've got to put him first. And, and I, I mean, in a really practical way, put him first with your time, put him first in your, um, in how you exalt or how you worship, put him first in your own heart, put him first in, um, in kind of just how you serve others. You're trying to put God first in everything, but it starts with putting him first with your time and making sure that you actually have time to spend with him. So let's pause just for a minute, because I think this is so critical. Um, I was actually just talking to a guy yesterday, and we were having this put him first kind of conversation. Um, and, and actually, before we started recording today, we were talking about uh, situations in life where we are not in control right. and how that can expose things that are going on in our hearts that aren't always beautiful. You know, like, oh, out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth is speaking. Okay. So the words that are coming out of my mouth reflect what's in my heart. Oh my goodness, you know, I, I need to do some work there. Uh, but the, the picture I painted for the guy is, um, there's the throne in your heart. There's the throne in this particular area of your life. And you're sitting there, and I, I just picture Jesus standing next to you going, Mark, uh, I got some ideas and plans for you. Um, and we know that Jeremiah tells us those are plans to give us a hope and a future to prosper us, not harm us. And he's like, Mark, I got some plans for you. I got some ideas of how I'd like your life to go. But we're so busy sitting on the throne ourselves. He's like, if you would just let me sit there, I got some things I'd like to do. So true. And and I, for me, that was like, I, you know, here I am kind of counseling someone. 
and it's like the Lord's counseling me while the words are coming out of my mouth. I'm like, oh, wow. And, and he's almost, you know, showing me areas of my life where he's not sitting on the throne. And I wonder, why aren't you, why aren't you helping me more? And yeah. he's like, well, yeah. surrender, surrender <laughs> that place to me. No, that's good. That's good. So put him first is the first kind of thought that goes with staying yeah. very connected with the Lord. The second idea is just, and it's, it's right from what Jesus says. He says to abide in me or remain in me, depending on what version of, of the Bible you're reading. And that idea simply means what we think it does. It means to stay with him all the time. I'm reminded of 1 Thessalonians um, 5.17, pray without ceasing or pray always. And, and I don't know about you, but I always kind of wondered what that meant. And I've, I've learned that abiding, remaining, praying always, it means be aware of God all the time. I can't literally pray all the time. I'm not praying right now. I'm talking. I'm talking to you. We're, we're recording a podcast, but I'm aware of God as I'm talking. And as I'm aware of God and the Holy Spirit in me, I'm allowing him to talk to me. That is prayer. Remember, prayer isn't just me talking. It's me listening too. And so it's a chance for me to always be aware of God. And in that way, I can abide or remain all the time. And, and as I abide or remain in him, I stay connected to him. I put him first. And then this is the third thought, really simple. And I'll just say it quick. Fruit which John 15 talks about, is a byproduct of being connected to God. I cannot produce fruit in my life. Fruit comes as I'm connected to him. It is, it's an automatic response to doing the right thing. I cannot make fruit happen. It does happen because I'm staying connected. So, so if I'm going to stay really connected to the Lord, I'm going to put him first. I'm going to abide or remain in him and be aware of him all the time. And I'm going to allow then the fruit to come into my life just by taking that posture with him. I love that. Uh, fruit uh, is an indicator, uh, not it's not the source. That's and right. so fruit is good to observe, pay attention. You know, like we were talking about when that stuff comes out of your heart, that's fruit that's coming out and you look at it and you go, oh, that's not the fruit I was hoping to produce, but it then doesn't mean I try not to produce that fruit. It means I go back to the root what are what are what is my root plugged into? You yeah. know, what soil is my root in? And then we go there. So I love that fruit comes as a byproduct of being connected to God. So now your second point that you already mentioned, staying surrendered in that connection. That that seems curious to me. Help help me understand what you mean by that. Yeah, because I think we could take stay very connected maybe a little too literally. Um, and, and we could say, okay, I spent a half an hour with the Lord this morning. I'm good to go. No, there, there's more than just time. And there's even more than just being open to the Holy Spirit in the moment. It, surrender has to deal with the heart. And I have found um, surrender is an ongoing thing. In fact, we were talking beforehand just about an area in my life that I'm not as fully surrendered as I need to be. I appreciate the Holy Spirit coming alongside and showing me what that is so that I can see it and I can I can come back and surrender that. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like I'm a surrendered person, but the fact of the matter is I'm not fully surrendered. There are, there are areas in my life where I'm not as surrendered as I should be. And so in the connection that I have with God, in the time that I spend and in the abiding and remaining and being open and allowing my fruit to come, 
I've got to continually surrender when I know I'm not um, and lean into that. And, and there's a couple of thoughts for that. Um, the first would be that in order to fully surrender and stay there, we have to listen to the Lord. We listen to the Lord through scripture, of course, because we recognize, man, this is what the Bible says. This is how it's supposed to be. I can see where I don't line up with that, so I need to surrender. Okay, that's one way. But we also need to be listening to the Holy Spirit. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> again, just thinking about where I was at, um, I, I've, had a, I've had a personal journey over the last season about surrendering in the area of finances, personal finance. And, um, and what I recognized even yesterday just in my time with the Lord and, and just kind of how the day unfolded is I felt like that journey was over, but it's not. There's still more work to do in my own heart, and that's okay. The Lord showed me that. It wasn't that I read a scripture and saw it. He just showed it based on where I'm at, and I appreciate the Holy Spirit's input in that moment. Um, we need to be fully surrendered, and I need to be surrendered in that. So we need to listen to the God, to, to the Lord, through both the Bible but also the Holy Spirit. My second thought is to just follow his lead. And uh, Galatians 5 is a really good chapter about following the Holy Spirit's lead. It says that if we walk with him, we will not give in to the desires of the flesh. And, and um, it also says, though, that if we walk with him, that, that he'll lead us where we need to go. And <clears throat> the, first, the first Greek word there for walk is just walk around and become like. But the second Greek word for walk is get in, in rank or in line and let him lead you. And so as we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us, as we walk with him, as we follow his lead, we're going to stay surrendered to the connection. Again, I think connection could almost make us sound, feel like or maybe it sounds like I just need to be in proximity. I just need to hang out with him. Well, okay. But I also need to follow his lead. There's something about surrender that simply says, it's not enough to just be with. I've got to, I've got to let him take the lead. And then my last thought is really simple. Don't seek for knowledge or for specific outcomes. Um, surrender isn't trying to find an answer. It's a posture. It's not trying to understand something. It's, it's how I'm going to choose to follow him. And so... Staying surrendered in the connection that I have with the Lord is just a way to position myself in front of God, not seeking for answers per se, allowing him to be in charge, kind of no matter what the answer might be. It's a posture that I'm going to take with my heart. I'm going to discover where I'm not surrendered by being with him, reading his word, listening to the Holy Spirit, but then I'm going to choose. I'm going to choose to follow. And, and, and become surrendered in that moment. And I think sometimes uh, the seeking for knowledge or specific outcomes actually <clears throat> is a reflection of a lack of surrender. Right. Because it's actually this control bug working over here in the side, masquerading itself as surrender. So I just think that's it's really interesting how tricky we can kind of be in the process that the Lord really wants to be in charge because he actually knows better than you and me, you know? And yet it's so hard for us to to surrender to that because, you know, there's trust issues, right? Because the the word of God says he is good and he does good. Lord, teach me your ways. And that's just a verse I continue to come back to you, Lord. You are good and you do good. Teach me your ways because right now it does not make sense to me. But I want to surrender that and trust you. 
Um, I love this third point, do what you know to do. So talk to me about that. So you can't do this without staying connected and being surrendered. And honestly, I would be a person, and I think a lot of our listeners would, would feel this way as well, we would run to this. This would be our first response. Well, just do what you, what you know to do. When there's lack of clarity, just do what you know to do. That's a great business principle. It's not a great Christian following principle. Okay, do what you know to do. That has to be in response to staying connected with the Lord and being fully surrendered to him. So what does that look like? It looks like, it looks like this. Um, in almost all situations, even if there was literally no clarity, we would still know we need to do something. I remember one of the first things I did uh, here at the church um, where there wasn't as much clarity as I was looking for was the first time I became a pastor. I had been in the communications department of the church. Now, now I'm on staff as a full-time pastor. I didn't know all that I needed to do just because I'd never done it before. But I knew the first thing I needed was to just reach out to the leaders that work with me. At that time, they were called lay pastors. Remember those days? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and to reach out to the lay pastors that were in my district and to get to know them. I knew that. Well, that's what I did. And, and that actually took several months. That was a whole season. It wasn't the only thing I did, of course, but it was what I leaned into as my kind of first thing to do, my first priority. I did what I knew to do. Along the way, I stayed connected and I stayed surrendered. And then I did what I knew to do. And um, I would say that no matter what we feel like we are supposed to be doing, we always have to do it out of connection and surrender. If we ever get to the point where we're just doing it because we're doing what we know to do, we're doing the wrong thing. We're going, we're, we're going back to where suddenly Jesus is not first, I am not remaining, I am not abiding, I am not surrendered, and then what I'm doing is producing the wrong fruit as a result. We don't want that. We want the right fruit to be the byproduct of being connected and surrendered. So I'm going to do what I know to do, but I'm going to do it in the right way. That's so good. <clears throat> and I, what I realize is actually these points are uh, exceedingly pertinent, regardless of whether you have clarity or not. That's exactly um, right. It, we are just we are just more attuned to the Lord when we feel out of control. Lack of clarity creates a feeling inside of lack of control. When in reality, even when we think we know everything that's going on, we feel in control and, and probably our dependence on God meter begins to, to wane a little bit. And so as, as I'm just thinking about this and realizing actually we need to stay very connected to God, we need to stay surrendered in that connection, and we need to do what we know we are supposed to do out of that place all the time. And so it's really not just a matter of lack of clarity. It just happens to peak our noticer you know right. we notice it when we don't know what's going on so, so true. um and thank you so much mark for for putting those three thoughts together um, those really are just like these foundational principles that we can live our lives from and really see i don't know love joy peace <laughs> patience kindness Come goodness on. gentleness self-control Man, flowing faithfulness. and faithfulness. I knew I always miss one. I, I'm good at eight, not at nine. That's you know, really I don't know. Funny. So um, uh, so there we go. Is We want to see the fruit of the Spirit produce in our lives. And we get it not by pursuing faithfulness, but by pursuing God. And so true. And He brings faithfulness That's out correct. of us. So awesome. Well, 
It has been, uh, as always, a pleasure getting to hang out with you and to have these conversations together. Um, thank you so much for dialing in today. Um, if you're old enough to remember dial-up internet, you know that would be that would be cool. Um, wow! I can hear the thing in my ear, that sound, and then the AOL. You've got mail. Uh, it's just super thankful to have you, our listening audience, join in with us today. Um, as usual, uh, you can connect with us via email. Uh, Rick M at manahouse.church or Mark D at manahouse.church. We would love to hear your comments, your thoughts, questions, any future topics you'd love to see covered. That would be so cool. So thank you so much. Thank you again, Mark. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was awesome. And well, you're a co-host. I don't really have you. You're just kind of oh, here. Yeah. Um, and so uh, God bless you guys. Have the most amazing day. <laughs>